Today's interview is with Soho Gavali, who is a managing director and founding partner of an investment group in London. She's also passionate about girls' education. Hi, Soha. Thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. And so the first question I have for you is, what is your profession? I work in finance, in investments and asset management. Oh, great. And so what would you say your everyday schedule is like there? Well, in the past, I worked in companies and banks. So my schedule was a kind of nine to five, nine to six, nine to seven type of schedule. But now, for many years, since about 2002, 2003, we have our own company. So in the beginning, my schedule was extremely hectic because when you start something, you almost work nonstop. And uh, when you start your own company, you might not have a permanent office yet. You might be working from home like a lot of people are doing now with the quarantine. Um, And with that kind of environment, you could be working 10, 12, 13 hours a day very easily. Uh, But once a company is established and um, you have a team and you have other employees that work for you, I mean, you endeavor to have an eight to 10 hour day, um, but with your own business, it's, there's flexibility on the time in terms of like, maybe you don't have to be at your desk at eight o'clock in the morning. Maybe you choose to work a bit later than that, or maybe you, you choose to work very early and leave to go home early. So you've got flexibility, but the, but the bigger issue is that if you have your own company, you seem to be working all the time rather than yeah. when you work for someone where you have very defined hours. And so except for the long hours, what challenges have you had to overcome at work? Well, I mean, my field, the, 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 the biggest challenge in the beginning is usually balancing between having a family and, and, and working in, in, in a corporate environment like finance, which is challenging, demanding, time consuming. So the biggest challenge first is if, if, if you're a woman and you do have a family, which means children and it means, you know, school events and things like that. I think the second challenge is, um, you know, asset management or asset gathering or things that have to do with investments are very male driven. There's a lot of women that do them now, but it's still very male driven. If you look at the number of women versus men, there's still a lot more men doing it. So in the beginning, before you build your your reputation or your credibility, or you create your client base, it, it, the challenge is really being a woman and are they gonna take you seriously or not? And are you going to be given the same chances that men are given in the field? Okay, great. And so what would you say is one of your proudest moments at work? One of my proudest moments at work is probably when, when I see how well my overall team is doing, when I see how well as an organization we are received by clients. So in our line of work, a lot of clients will do due diligence on you, or um, if you are launching a fund, the clients will come and do due diligence on you and the investment manager that you're recommending to run the fund. Um, And my proudest moments is when I hear feedback from people telling me how how they think our culture is amazing or how they think that they were very impressed with our team. So th- this, is, this is my proudest moment, really, when I see that. When I see that we're doing right by our clients and that, um, and that the feedback from them is that we're quite unique in the way we do things. Okay, and now stepping away from work, who would you say is your role model and why? I would say my, my, 
my first role model in life was my father. Um, and as I got a bit older, I think it became my mother. Um, I think it's nice for women to have women role models, but I think most often women from my generation and generations before us, role models tended to be men, whether it's a teacher or a professor or a government leader or, or, you know, or, or an uncle or somebody. It's just because I think men were doing a lot more earlier yeah. in life. So you're able, you know, famous writers, famous historians, fa- you know, all of these, you know, there are women who, who have these roles, but there's just, it came much later in life. So I think the tendency for a woman, for her first role model to be a man figure um, is common. Whereas I think later on in life, my role model became my mother. Oh, okay, very nice. And so what are some qualities you look for in your employees? The basics, like everybody else, you want an employee that is intelligent, competent, uh, you know, has certain skill set for the role they're going to do, has the right education. But these are kind of the quantitative, I would call them skills that, you know, you're not going to apply to a job and don't have a college degree or or you don't know how to read or write or, you know, these are the we, we these requirements are basics for any kind of job. But for us, the qualitative requirements are really, really important because we're a small company we're a close-knit team. Yeah. We've never been, I mean, we varied in terms of number of employees. When we first started, we were like two, three employees. Then we grew, um, you know, at, at any point in time, we've never been more than 20 to 25 employees with directors and everything. So we're not, you know, we're not a company that has 500 people or 5,000 people working for it. So for us, the qualitative factors are very, very important. So things like someone who can, who can think outside the box and manage really well at a time of crisis, whether it's related to the market, whether it's related to investments, whether it's related to breaching an investment requirement, whether it's related to some regulation changing about investments, which ends up changing the way the portfolio is run. So because of that, we, have, we can have periods that are very, very turbulent and very, very difficult. And so we need people who are, you know, calm and steady. We need people who can operate well in a small team. So you don't want anybody who's like um, very negative or, um, or very diva-like or is not a team player or um, will not pick up slack if somebody else can't do something. So you want people like that. You want people who can wear different hats, think outside the box, handle crisis with calmness and, and, and patience. Um, integrity and loyalty is very important to us, very important to us. So, you know, we invest a lot in our employees and we expect them to feel like they're a part of a family. And so loyalty, you know, with your family, you're very, very loyal, right? So this is the kind of loyalty we expect in an employee, which generally not many firms might need that. You know, they want loyalty as a kind of general thing, but we need it as a core value in the person that's working for us. Okay, great. And so you've had so much success in your work. What defines success for you? Success for me, number one, is doing right by our clients. So 
we're a niche kind of boutique type of firm. So we're not going to be, you know, like a large financial institution or a large financial intermediary where we are, we have, the, you know, all the products and all the services. And so we're very niche. And niche means that, you know, people come to us because they want a very specific need. They want things tailor-made. They want things to their specifications. And to me... Success is being able to deliver to clients what the ethos of the company is about. So we tell people that we don't want to have thousands and millions of clients. We want to have a handful of clients that we do right by. And we service them the right way and we work and partner with them the right way. Um, so my, my biggest success moment is when a client says to me that they love working w with us because we... We, we under-promise and over-deliver. What does that mean? It means like you go to a lot of counterparties or people that you work with, everybody promises you things either on execution or on fees or on the time they will provide you with something or whatever. And then they, they give you these really big, glowy, rosy pictures so that you can do business with them. Once you're in business with them, they under-deliver. So for us, people say that from our marketing efforts and our presentations and everything that we actually underplay how much mm -hmm. how much things are going to be and we over deliver if you could give one piece of advice to young girls out there or even mm -hmm. to that you wish you knew when you were younger what would it be never do anything without conviction if you really want a job but you mm -hmm. can't get it then you're offered another job which you absolutely dislike it's not who you are, but they're offering you so much money or you love something very much, but it doesn't make a lot of uh, money and you need to be financially independent or you need, you know, you don't come from the kind of family where maybe somebody's going to support you or somebody's going to subsidize you while you make money and all of that. I would say don't do that. I would say, you know, people, people who follow their dreams are the people who are able to achieve in life. I believe yeah. that when you love something, you will be able to make money out of it. You will be able to make happiness out of it. You'll be able to make success. So if anything, I think, you know, like discipline, hard work and all of that, everybody knows. You know that you have to work hard to get somewhere. You have to be disciplined and consistent and all of that. But I would say that the, the conviction is where most people fail because people say they are doing things out of conviction, but they really aren't. So I think conviction is the one thing that separates between people who eventually end up making a huge difference and people who don't. I agree with you. And so what are the pros and cons of being a woman in your business today? Well, today, I think the pros and cons are that there's a lot more women in finance today than yeah. there were 20 years ago. So for young girls wanting to join this field, it's a lot less intimidating. There's a lot more opportunities you don't have to choose you don't have to choose between like having a family or having children and working in finance whereas i think 20 years ago people had to make that choice okay great and my last question for you is why do you think education is important for women all around the world i think education is the singular most important thing for all human beings but for women especially because i think if there's one thing that as a parent or as an individual in philanthropy or charity you can do, education should be it. Because I think education empowers women. 
It gives them confidence. It helps them be better versions of themselves. It allows them to go after what they want. It allows them economic independence, which is critical to her ability to be able to make choices on her own terms in life. If you are not financially independent, you cannot make your own choices because if you're not financially independent and you're married to a very wealthy man, then that wealthy man tells you what to do. You have to listen to him because he provides your finances. If that wealthy man leaves you, then you're, you have no money. If that wealthy man dies and you don't know how to manage money and you don't, you've never worked and you're not independent, you're not going to be able to sustain your life. So women relying on parents, brothers, siblings, father, you know, women that come from paternalistic societies that have to do that, this is not independence. This is actually dependence. And education removes that barrier. Okay, well, that was amazing. Thank you so much, Sarah, for doing this. My pleasure.